0: Hi, nerds, this is Nicole Desane. Welcome to Talent Tales, the show where we interview leaders who have brought design thinking to their talent and HR practices. In today's inaugural episode, we have a special guest on the show. I'm joined by Steph Ryder, who is the creative culture leader at Arity, an Allstate tech spinoff. Steph, welcome to the show. Hello, everybody. So I'm curious, Steph, um, creative culture leader, what's that? <laughs> good question um, you know it's interesting i actually
1: got to write or uh, come up with the name or i should say the title of my my position here at arity um so when we were trying to think of um what this job should be it it really was um, my boss saying like hey how do we make this place the great the best place to work in uh, chicago and what should we call you and I technically, you know, in, in the HR system, it says employee engagement manager, and that doesn't sound that exciting for like what we were trying to create. So, um, you know, I just had to think about, you know, what's, what are my creative niches and it, creativity actually kind of came up as it. And so creative and then culture is my job. And then as a leader, right, so creative culture leader, it kind of just stuck and we're like, all right, you're the creative culture leader at Arity and your job is to make it the best place to work.
0: That's awesome. How often do we get to make up our own, own job title? So I really love that. And uh, so speaking about creative, uh, you kind of um, uh, kind of segue into that. So I always ask people. I'm curious. What's your creative superpower?
1: My superpower. Um, I would say the number one superpower I have is that I can. I feel like I can read a room pretty well. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I've had this superpower since I was a kid. Um, kind of able to tell like the energy that's going on in the room as silly as that sounds you know uh, when people are coming in you've got like good energy and you know wh- whatever it is you, you just say like you sense it but then you can also feel like when energy that comes in that's negative you're like ooh, something in the room changed like what do we need to do to kind of change that energy so that's my superpower
0: do you have a visual that illustrates that for those of us who are here on video I do have a visual, so I'm gonna hold it up here. I love it. Stick figures. All right. <laughs> I'm with the smiley
1: face there. And then the pluses are the positive energy. And then there's some waves that could be negative energy. But you know, my goal is to try to make more pluses than negative. So I, you know, in this picture, it's just trying to transform a little bit of that. And the fun thing is my my coworker, I said, Can you draw one too? Because you have better handwriting than me. And that's her version. And we never saw each other. <laughs> Gave me as like an S for Seth, and that's my superhero, and then positive
0: um, vibes, you know, which is kind of cool. So, that was love it, love it. So, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are and what's your story? Yeah, um, so I was born just kidding, some <laughs> <You know, laughs> time ago, um, long time, long, long ago. Yes, yeah, so I
1: went to college, I actually went to college in Loyola. Uh, I had a soccer scholarship, but my studied communication, um, and the thing I wanted to do was be in television news, app. but where it really stems from is I wanted to be in a position where I could help people, and I kind of knew that all along since I was a kid, um, and you know, being in TV, it gave me an opportunity to like help others, but as I started looking at my career and thinking like, is there other ways that I could help people that's maybe outside of broadcast news, uh, I landed at, you know, the corporate world and being able to, um, you know, I was in sales first thinking like as um, being in sales, you can help people, but then got in a rotational program, ended up being on, in learning and development, organizational effectiveness, change management. And I thought there's definitely um, ways to help people in that aspect. And I, at the time, I didn't know anything about it because I went to school to study communication and you know, be in television. Mm-hmm. So what I realized is those were my natural strengths. So how do I apply to those strengths? And it was in these roles, um, being able to do that. Ended up on the innovation team at you know my corporation, and then learned a little bit about design thinking there. And so um, kind of got pitched the idea from my from you know Gary, my boss, you know at the time, saying like, hey, you know, make Chicago like the greatest place to work in our office. And I brought that design thinking mentality with me of like, how do I help people in a culture space?
0: Yeah, that's, that's great. That was actually sort of another question that I had, because obviously, Tell and Tales is all about sharing stories on where did you de- discover design thinking and how did you bring it to HR? So can you tell us a little bit more um, around that? So you discovered it this way, but how did, how did you get started at Arity with design thinking in HR?
1: Yeah. So, you know, with my the the task of like, how do we make this the best place to work? What I said to Gary, you know, it's really about building community in this space. We had a lot of different departments coming down here, um, a lot of different directions we could have gone with it. And what I recognize and just, you know, my experience in learning development and um, thinking about organizational change and transition, Uh, if people don't understand like kind of what's our North star and like what things are possible, then um, I, to me, it's, it's, we're just going to be all going different directions. So uh, I kind of had to figure out pretty quickly, like what are the things that bring people together that they're already doing and what seems to work in the new space that we're in. So it was, um, you know, being in the innovation team before where we got employee ideas and ideation and how do we bring those things up, to like help change the um, the culture, but also support the organizational changes, I just did the same thing in the space that we were in. So listening to feedback from our employees, and they were saying, hey, can we have lunch and learns? I'm like, sure. And, and, and what do you want to do with that? Like, what is your purpose? What are your outcomes? Um, give me more. It's yes, and okay. So we want to teach people things. All right, well, let's start with it small scale, right? So a lot of the things, if you think about design thinking, it was like empathizing with what our employees wanted. Right. And they were saying, Hey, can we have opportunities for learning? Right. So that was another thing that um, people brought up and I said, all right, well, how would we, how might we do this? Right. And so it wasn't just necessarily me, but it was involving the people that were saying, I have this idea. How could we bring it to fruition and how could we do it quickly? Because I also recognize that you only you know, have a short timeframe to get their attention and to like help them build trust with you that you know what you're doing. So I said, all right, let's do this together. Right, so in in a sense, listening to people, you know, having the empathy for what they want, the problem they're trying to solve, and then like actually like defining it with them. So, what is our purpose and outcomes? Um, ideating like how we could make this come out, and then like prototyping like what could this look like, and then testing it out. So, one of the things um, that we started with Learn Day at, at uh, our office, which is basically my learning development background, the innovation background of you can learn and ideate from anywhere in in any subject, but when you bring people together that have different thoughts and ideas and backgrounds, that's a great way to um, come up with new ideas and then time to think. What if we dedicated uh, a whole day, the first month of, uh, or the first Friday of every month, and you could do whatever you want. You could read a book, you could um, take a course online, or you could teach you know, so for those who, you know, coming from the HR space, you understand like the best way to learn sometimes is to teach. You can teach whatever you want. And I remember pitching that to my boss and he's like, well, it's going to be about work, right? I said, it can be, but it could also be about something that has nothing to do with work. And he, you know, we did have that skepticism of Okay, I'm gonna let you try this out. And again, it's a a prototype. It's an MVP, you know, minimum viable product. Let's just see how it goes. We'll get feedback from people. And then we'll see if we do this again next month. Because I said we were gonna do it every month, right? And then the feedback was like, wow, you're letting us teach or do whatever we want. And so we set some parameters. Minimum requirement is an hour, maximum is all day. I'm not saying don't go to meetings or don't do things that are important, but you need to prioritize your own development Because development can't just be like once a quarter, right? How many times do we have? And here's your development day once a year, right? And so like we thought, let's just try this out. And then the best thing about it is that here we are almost three years later. Today's Learn Day. So right now in the office, it is happening. And the topics are um, something about urban bird watching, something about AWS, so Amazon Web Service, There's even something about um, someone talking about how do you thrive through change. And then we have people in the office learning coding languages. We have people like reading books across the office and this is happening today. And the coolest thing is like, I was like, okay, you know, you're taking a risk and we're gonna see how it goes. And we iterated, we made it better in the time, you know, from when we started to where we are now to the point where it became global learning day in our parent company. And they said, there's something that you're doing right. And last year, we hosted a day where the whole enterprise, so that's, you know, about 35,000 people took the same idea, and they, you know, put it out to all of our employees. And it's something that we're going to do
0: on an enterprise level now, like into the future. That's, there's so many cool things there. Um, So one, what I really love is, is, you know, this whole notion of about bringing your whole self to work and treating our employees as adults that's come up in a lot of conversations that I've had with people, you know, that through this design thinking process, we're really treating our employees more like adults and not like, you know, people who do things wrong all the time. And that's why we have to all have all these restrictive policies and processes, right? (laughs) But what's really the experience that we can provide to adults? So I love that. And then what I thought was interesting is when you described sort of the process of how you brought design thinking to your organization, it didn't start with, you know, I studied design thinking there and there and there, and then not a very academic approach, but it came from, to me, it sounded like your creative superpower of wanting to help people. And, and that kind of is, to me, the, the theme that comes through in your story. You know, I wanted to help people. I want to listen to people. I, then I, I'm having empathy with our employees. And then let's see what we can create, co-create with them to make this a great place to work. So I'm seeing this sort of theme come through, um, which I really love. Um, So again, I just want to remind everybody, please put your questions in the chat and we'll take them at the end. Um, So I also often get asked by practitioners who are still new to to design thinking in HR, and in general, you know, they're like, we are hearing always these success stories. (laughs) We want to hear about failures we want to hear what are the barriers what are the lessons learned what didn't work so the question that i have for you is what were the barriers when you brought design thinking into your organization and how did you overcome them yeah Um,
1: so i think some some of the barriers is really about it really starts with trust um trust in your employees and your stakeholders that you're going to try a different approach that maybe they're not familiar with and you kind of have to start building like little wins, right? You don't have to do things on a big scale, um, you know. For example, when I, I talked about learning, we've done other things too, like open mic night, or we've done things like hosting um, meetups at night and lunch and learns. And it doesn't have to be like you have this grand old, you know. Here's my roadmap for five years. It's going to change so quickly, especially in the technology space. But it's if you're showing to them like, here's the value that I can add. And building the trust and capabilities of, of yourself and what you already know, um, and then knowing that like and, and that you're always constantly letting them know like here's like the little steps that I'm doing, here's the wins, here's where it's not working. You have to be transparent about that. Um, one of the things that I built was um, how do we start recognizing people? And when we first moved in, you know, I asked um, one of our employees, um, how can we create something where We recognize people for doing a good job, but we don't know faces and we don't know names and there's no nameplates in our office because we're in an open office environment where you could sit wherever you want. So today I sit in one space, tomorrow I sit somewhere else. And someone said, well, what if we built like a photo booth and we can tape it up against the wall and people could take a picture with their camera. They could print it out with the electronic photo um, booth and post it on the wall and then write their name and say what it is that we think that they did good so we could recognize them. Oh, I love that. And awesome. Hey, okay, let's <laughs> try that. And yeah. how might we do this? You know, so he bought the supplies, you know, and I said, okay, it didn't really cost much. So it was a little photo camera uh, printer. And we put it up against the wall and people started using it. But what we started realizing the barriers to why it didn't get widely used was you had to download an app and then once you downloaded the app to then use the printer that took too many steps and so by then people just wanted to write on a postie here ross did a great job here's why he did it boom and they would put it up there I'm like well we don't know what ross looks like <laughs> and so then we started realizing is this the best way and then at some point from a user experience perspective people would walk down this hallway and they would knock down the printer all the time because you decided to go it to the wall again it was like It wasn't what I was thinking that I would do, but it was his version of how we could do this. So I had to even be open in in my perspective, like, hmm, okay, let's give it a try. Because at the end of the day, it's a shared responsibility. It's not just my ideas. It's the ideas of our employees. So it didn't really work for a number of reasons. It had good intent, um, and we ended up killing it and saying, like, you know what? We're going to have to find a different way to recognize people and so we started looking at how do we do peer-to-peer electronic employee ideation through one of our um, employee um, websites instead um, to be able to recognize people. But, you know, was willing to give it a shot and it was cool and
0: then it wasn't cool and then we <laughs> took it down and it's okay. And, and that's actually a good point. You say it's okay. So it seems to me at ARID there's a culture that whether it's leadership or an overall culture that is okay with trying and experimenting and if it fails it's okay is that is is that a true assumption or how, how why is it that you are able to do these experiments and it's okay
1: yeah i you know it all starts with support from the top and your leaders um you know i might have a really invested uh say in what it is that like ends up dropping because we realize it doesn't make sense to do this anymore whether it be a product or a service And on a personal note, you, the employee may feel like, oh, it's like a breakup, right? When you say we're not doing this anymore, I worked so hard with it. And now you're saying it's like, it's not me, it's you type of thing, (laughs) you know, but it's how do we help our employees through that change and saying like, yes, thank you for trying. We realize it's not working. We're scrapping it, but we're going in a different direction. We're going to bring you with us and like hope that you see like, here's the bigger picture why we're not doing what we're doing. And then Here's where you can still add value in something else because we still do believe in the skills that you bring to the table. We're just going to channel it in a different way.
0: Mm-hmm. So we're very lucky to have, to
1: have a space like that.
0: Love that. And then so after introducing design thinking, what's the, that's the other thing that people ask me a lot is, what's the ROI or what's the impact of design, applying design thinking in HR and talent? What mm-hmm. have you seen?
1: Well, I think the return on investment is, is that you have employees really feeling valued because you're hearing their perspectives. They actually have a say in how things could be. They may not be the final decision makers at the end of the day, but because you heard them and you were listening, that's what matters. Right. And it's not lip service. Like anybody on my team, when somebody comes up to their desk and they say, Hey, I need something. It's like, Oh yes. How can I help you? Because we're people, product managers so everyone on my team knows this, right? And our products are everything that we create for the people because those are our customers internally. And I think sometimes people forget, especially if you're in you know, an HR-ish type of space or in general, like they say that we hire the best people and let them do what they, we hired them to do like, and, and they're smart enough. But then sometimes we say like, but you need to do it this way and I don't want your ideas. That's not what. That's not what we want, right? And that's not what my team's about. And it, it's if you have people truly feeling like you are trusting in them and wanting their thoughts to be part of it, then it's them that surprises you and then they take your idea or their idea to a different level.
0: Love it. Um, what's your favorite design thinking resource or hack? Can you share that with our listeners? Yeah, um, I w- when I read that question, I was thinking about, um,
1: it all starts with purpose. Um, if we had to say what the hack is, it's, it's about your mentality and your, and your thinking process first, because some people watching would say, oh, this is so easy for you. I could never do this, but I'll be honest. It's, it's, yeah, it's a change in mindset. Um, it doesn't matter how long you've been in the business. It doesn't matter um, how, if you've been doing this for a long time or for you just getting started, it's that thought of like, I can always learn myself something new. I can always iterate myself. Um, and it goes back to our purpose and the why. Why are we doing this? Why are you in this field? Why do you even care? And that's something I always ask of my team, like, what is your why? And for me, my why is gratitude. And the gratitude that I have okay. help people. So on the days when I don't feel like being positive stuff, and it's like, what's wrong with her? Because she's always smiling, she's happy. I go back to why. Why am I doing this? Regardless of the job, it's the gratitude that I have to help people and whether they appreciate it or not, it's about me and like how it makes me feel to help them. And that's why I pull through and
0: that's why I do what I do. Love it. So in summary, it seems to me, what you've said is, so it starts, you know, how to get started with design thinking. It starts with yourself, you know, your own mindset, your own why, your purpose. And then it goes on to empathizing with others, with your employees, with your leaders, Truly listening, truly, you know, uh, respecting them as adults and then trying and experimenting things. And when they fail, kill them and move on. And mm-hmm. <laughs> along the way, the ideas, uh, right? right, bringing leaders along and creating a culture. So this is okay. Yes. Is that sort of the summary that we can yeah. <laughs> from, from all the great nuggets you shared? Yeah. Cool. Um, my last question for your statement. Quote, walk in someone else's shoes or at least eat their food. It's a plus for everyone, unquote. Anthony Bourdain. Hmm, I like eating. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, you know, my, my reaction to that is like you never know um, what it's like until you try something else, right? And that's kind of what he's trying to say there, right? Um, from like an inclusive diversity perspective, like that's where my head goes, right? You, we all have been raised different ways, different parts of the country, different parts of this world, and you never know like who you can connect with, what purpose that somebody has, you know, for being here, but how do we like all come together and connect? And that's to me, like, if you can connect through food, that's a great conversation starter.
0: Yeah, a great conversation starter. And then this walking in somebody else's shoes, the whole empathy part to it too, right? Um, I love that. Awesome. So let's take some audience questions. Um, uh, let's start with this one. Um, so we talked a little bit about impact, but let's talk about bottom line. How does creative culture contribute towards business bottom line? That's what we're all about in for-profit business. So how does the squishy thing uh, that we do... <laughs> contribute to the business sure
1: Uh, of course we have goals and I'm sure you're all setting your goals now for you know 2019 and it's good to have the goals Um, and at the end of the day though without the people trying to aspire to those goals um, the goals are just like a a point of saying how are you doing it's just that measure in a sense right We can easily do things, you know, many ways. We can be courageous in doing them. We can be driving them and forcing people to do them. But that's not what people want nowadays, especially like the younger generation, right? They have choice. They don't have to work in your organization. They don't have to work with you as a leader. They can choose where they want to go. And if you really don't take care of your people, then you're not going to hit those goals in the way that you could surpass, right? You might hit some but you don't know what the full potential is if you don't actually treat people in a way that they would want to be treated.
0: Yeah, love that. And so another question that came in, and curious about your thoughts. So obviously you operate in a culture that, is, that embraces creativity and failure, but what about organizations maybe that have a more reactive or highly production-oriented culture? What Kind of first steps can each just take in that culture to introduce design thinking?
1: Sure uh, I, I think it starts with your employees um, it's really if they're the ones doing the jobs, they may know what are the pain points, and they may see like, hey, if we just made these small little changes, um, we could be more efficient. We could do it a little bit easier. Um, we could probably get more done, but it's again, going back and listening to what it is that they're saying. Um, because sometimes it, as leaders, we think we know everything. We're the ones who supposed to lead the way and guide the direction. But it's through those that are you're working with that we can all collectively as a shared responsibility learn from each other. That's kind of where it can be stronger. And then they're feeling like they're part of the change.
0: Mm, okay, so enlist key stakeholders early and um what i always like to say is start with their business problem
1: Mm
0: -hmm. you know i usually when i interview leaders i ask them what's top of mind what's your burning thing that you need to solve not from a talent perspective from a business perspective you know so start there and then see how you can align talent and hr um, processes, programs, approaches, mindsets to help them solve that challenge.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't have to be big. Um, and again, sometimes it's small wins that gets you big wins. Um, little things that you may think like don't matter, but your employee says, hey, it does matter. Those little wins will stop building trust that you can start getting trust with other stakeholders and other leaders, as you pointed out. mm mm-hmm. I would be open to like, you know, what's your biggest problem? But then also sometimes what's the easy, quick win?
0: Mm -hmm. Right, right. How can you make their lives easier and start there? Um, Or what I've also seen work is, you know, which leaders in your business maybe are already familiar with design thinking and they know it works. I remember when we worked together on the sprint at Arity um, and you pitched it to Gary, your president, right? He said, hey, we're going to do a sprint on talent. And he's like, oh, Okay. It's like, it was like the easiest sale because he's an engineer, right? uh, So they use it in product development and design all the time, right? So he knew design thinking and sprints work. He just hadn't thought about using it for HR talent. So, but it was okay. (laughs) We actually
1: worked good. We um, worked on our new employee process and in the scope of that sprint, we just focused focused on the first day experience because think about how hard it is to recruit someone and then you get them in the door And what is that experience like? And what we kind of came up was that at the end of the day, we wanted them to go home and think, you know what? I'm glad that I chose this company and that they're gonna tell their significant other how their first day was amazing because that's what they're gonna talk about. How was your first day, right? And so between giving them a letter from our president, a nice hit with a t-shirt and a water bottle and a hoodie and really make you feel like you're part of our company, to like making sure that like you had a buddy and that you had your computer and you had all these little basic things, but without just that first day experience, it, it's kind of like, hmm, do, did I make the right choice? And we want them to think, yes, you did, just by doing that. So that's actually what that sprint was all about. And even to this day, we still do that and we're continually iterating on it. But um, that was a really cool experience to do with Nicole.
0: Cool. Um, so somebody who is really brand new to design thinking, what are some very tactical techniques or tips that you can give them where they can practice or hone design thinking skills in HR or maybe on their everyday job?
1: Um, well, I know there's obviously there's a lot of things online that you could see um, about, you know, what are the techniques that you could do? Um, I think I, it probably goes back and, and starts with like their, their, business problems that they need to accomplish, or that they are trying to solve. Um, It's hard. I don't know. It's hard for me to, (laughs) without a good example. I'm not sure if I can answer that question really.
0: Yeah, that's okay. Maybe I can brainstorm a little bit with you there. Um, I actually talked to somebody the other day, and she's like, I wonder if we can, you know, I'm trying to rethink meetings, and I think everybody experiences that in corporations right Mm -hmm. meetings are maybe not the most effective everywhere (laughs) Mm -hmm. so she was asking me maybe we could apply sort of a design thinking mindset to reimagining meetings
1: yeah
0: that's a a great you know (laughs) what do you think about that go ahead (laughs) you do do this with my team (laughs) so how do you do that very familiar with this
1: how do we design better meetings that's actually something that is one of their goals, specifically for global meetings. Um, You know, all the meetings that we go to, we ask, you know, from, you think about the empathy that we have for each other. uh, From a global perspective, we have different time zones. We have uh, Northern Ireland and we have India, and then we have Chicago uh, offices, and then those that are are remote. And um, thinking about like, what is the challenges that every office has? So again, what's the empathy mindset? Um, What's our challenge here is different in all these locations. Um, And then getting their ideas of like, how could we make this better? So from every location kind of hearing um, You know, the time was a big difference, but why it you know, we understand we're in a different time zone That's easy, but why does it matter if we have it early or if we have it late and like why does it matter that we're all included? Um, And then we kind of ideated on what we should do to like make these process improvements and then We ended up having meetings early in the morning for Chicago, late at night for India, and midday for Northern Ireland, and we implemented it last year, and it has brought us a lot closer together, but that was a huge effort because meetings used to be at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and we would miss, like, half of our employees. Um, But again, because we led with empathy and understanding, like, what everybody's perspective is. And then everyone, we were clear about it. Like here's the purpose, here are the outcomes we're trying to achieve. And then we executed it. Now the iterations that we're doing, all right, how do we have, how do we make those meetings even better using the tools and the technology that we have? Cool. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, we've got one more minute for one more question. Quick one. What exactly is the difference between design thinking and Kaizen or 5S, or some people sometimes ask me, lean startup, agile, any of these other methods? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of different methodologies out there.
1: Um, so if you were going to follow any of these, it really goes back down to like the purpose um, and empathy and why we're doing what we're doing. Um, there's really, I, in my, you know, the way I look at it, um, it's, you really just have to understand like the problem that you're trying to solve, who are the stakeholders, you know, purpose, outcomes that you're trying to achieve. But it, in my eyes, you could pick any of those. It's really what resonates with you the most.
0: Yeah. And, or maybe what your organization already uses and how does it build on? So for example, um, design thinking is really the strategy part up front and then lean startup, business model canvas, some of those processes pick up once you've tested your prototype. So it's, you know, uh, it's, they're complimentary is what i always like to say and with that we are at the end of our first tell tales podcast thank thank you so much steph for for today and i hope you guys are going to join us for another episode next month <laughs> bye Well, for joining